The opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of NoCo Media Limited, its employees, sponsors, or affiliates. Diverse voices. Unique sound. Not the same old thing. Different. Different. This is NoCo FM. As a parent, one of the most horrible things we can imagine is a loss of a child. But what if that child's physical death wasn't the end of the relationship or the communication? Join us for this reality-bending episode as we talk with healer, author, spiritual mentor, and medium, Terry Ann Russell, about the tragic loss of her son, her own near-death experience, and the amazing journey they have shared since then. Welcome to The Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James. I'm just really excited to have you on the show and just to talk to you about your amazing experience and your wonderful book that you've written about that experience. And just want to welcome you, Terry Ann, to The Spark. It's wonderful to have you here. Thank you, Stephanie. It's so nice to be here. I really appreciate it. Um, sharing my son's words really have helped me to go through this healing process. And it really, it makes my heart happy to be able to share him with the world, as wonderful as he was. You've written this remarkable book, From Death to Life, The Incredible True Story of Anthony Joseph. So, Tarian, tell us a little bit about this journey and just your own life. What happened to bring this book about? What was this experience like? What's happened? Yeah, it's been hard, difficult, the most difficult thing I've had to do in my life. Being a mother, you never want your children to even be hurt or face any adversity in the world. And then having to face the ultimate where they're suddenly gone. And I can feel him here now. Every interview I do, he comes in. So going back, I have a five children four are my own and my stepdaughter. My oldest is 30 and my youngest is 10. So about 10 years ago, when my daughter was born, she was born very sick with a similar condition that Anthony had passed with. And she had uh, four intestinal surgeries and over 40 blood transfusions in three years. She was bleeding internally. And we were to every doctor in the country, traditional medicine, nobody would either work on her. She, it was too dangerous to do another surgery. So that's when I really began energy healing and looking into finding alternative ways to help heal my daughter. And through that experience, she's been four years hospital free now. Her doctors are astounded. They're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, energy healing. <laughs> Yes. And they're like, what? Really? And I'm like, yeah. And so she has hematologist, oncologist. She has gastroenterologist. She has all these physicians that are just like mind blown. Is like, how is this possible? She was so sick for so long. And now she's perfectly healthy with no blood transfusions. So that's really where my journey started through that experience. And then several years after that, I had a near death experience. I was very sick and I had a premonition that I was going to go into cardiac arrest. And I told my husband 
And he sort of shrugged it off. I'm sure you're just being dramatic and bad experience. Two weeks later, I went into cardiac arrest. He had given me a, a dose of our daughter's albuterol because I was so sick. And so it was a baby dose, but I'm very sensitive. So I went into cardiac arrest on the bed and the paramedics were working on me. I left my body, but with the near-death experience, I went out further than in my premonition. Through that experience, I came back into my body. I was told to go back. I came back into my body. After that, my life was choreographed in a way that I can't explain. There's no words for it. My husband and I, we had just built this big, beautiful house in Gilbert, Arizona, and I was guided to move to Sedona. So I was like, I don't know how we're going to do this. We just built this beautiful house. And he's, are you crazy? (laughs) And I'm like, this is where we need to be. So fast forward, we moved to Sedona a year later, and I stepped into my work, and I became who I am today. I met Ivory and Roz. I was meditating at the airport Mesa in Sedona, and I heard to go see the Soul Sisters. And I showed up on their doorstep and I said, you're going to think I'm crazy, but this is why I'm here. And I walked in and Roz said, I knew immediately I had this instantaneous connection to you. So that part was put into place for me before Anthony had left. That was about a year before he passed. Really allowing me the support to have on this side of the earth plane while I was going through this journey with him just to have that loving, supportive community around you. Yes, they really helped me a lot to get through all of this. Well, before we go forward, Terri-Ann, can you talk a little bit about what your near-death experience was like? You said you left your Mm -hmm. body. What, What happened when you went a little further than your premonition had told you? It was beautiful. I wasn't scared. It was this most loving, caring, compassionate energy I had ever seen or felt. I was just encapsulated in this beautiful light and I kept floating and traveling and I could still see my family down below and I could see the paramedics working on me. I was able to describe to my husband exactly what they were doing to me at the time. And so he was sort of like, this is crazy. (laughs) But just It was the most beautiful experience of my life. And like I said, afterwards, my life was choreographed in a new way. Like I I received this guidance and where I needed to be, what I needed to do. And I knew I needed to follow it at this point in my life because prior to that, I have older sons. I lived the life I thought I should be living, raising them the way I thought they should be raised in a small town in New Jersey. And I put myself on the side for a long time. And I think the shattering, the pre-shattering, I call it, of my daughter being born really helped me to then step into that new role that I was supposed to be. I've, I've noticed that in my own life too, when maybe traumatic things or really difficult things have happened. Mine also happened to be with my daughter, mm-hmm. that those moments are really what helped break me open to a place where I was allowing divine guidance, where I was just like, okay, I just completely surrender. Yeah. And that's when some of the biggest miracles would come through and have come through in my life. So I I really resonate with you when you're talking about that. So let's fast forward to then what happened with, with Anthony. He was perfectly healthy. He, we had gone on vacation for a week. My husband and I renewed our vows and it was his 27th birthday. So all of my sons, by the grace of God, we were all able to be together for this week. And 
it was the best time ever. He was happy. He was healthy. He never said he was sick. That was about three weeks before he passed. So the Friday before he passed, I was also guided to go up to see him and spend time with him. And it was just a really quick visit. We spent some time together. He had to leave and help his friend. And I can't tell you why, but I I just knew that I needed to be there. And I'm so grateful that I was guided and I listened to that guidance. So that was a Friday. Monday, he started to get sick. He had a fever and he was vomiting. He went to the urgent care on Tuesday and they sent him home with a stomach bug diagnosis. And about four hours later, his roommate called 911. He couldn't breathe and he was dying. They, he was alive when the paramedics arrived. So they worked on him and they couldn't save him at that point. The thing about that too is that he was out of his body before he had felt all that pain, he explained to me. So that you know, through this process, because as a parent, we had an officer come to our house, I think at two, he passed about 10 o'clock at two o'clock in the morning, we had a local officer come and he was explaining how they tried to resuscitate him and they were pounding on his chest and doing chest. And this is my child you're talking about. So I had to leave my body in order to protect myself from what was being said. And they try to do it in the most <laughs> compassionate way that they can. And they're very literal in how they, they discuss everything, how they're trying to save this this man's life. But this is my child. So at that point, I left my body already and I was protecting myself from that trauma I was experiencing. So within four hours, I tell people that's not typical of spirit to come back so quickly (laughs) or to never leave. But he was very adamant about connecting with me at that time to, to let me know that he was okay. So about four hours after he passed, Mm. we're aware of Anthony's presence. He was there with you. Yeah, I could see him. I could feel him. I could smell him. And he was yelling at me. And at that time, it was it was like a glass wall separating us. He was like garbled. But I could hear him. And he was yelling, I'm okay, mom, I'm okay. And he kept repeating that to me. And I was like, I shut it down because I was like, I'm not believing you're dead at this point. There's no way that you're dead. I was in total shock and disbelief. My whole system shut down. So I was like, (laughs) I can't hear you. (laughs) So he was very adamant about really connecting with me at that time, making sure that I knew that he was okay, that he passed okay, that he was there. There were people to meet him. He went to everybody in my circle to let them know. I started receiving phone calls that he was visiting them because I wasn't hearing him. I, I got to reach out to other people and let, let them know. So I have to tell them. So I would start receiving calls then that he was okay. In fact, I could trust that. Wow. So he was appearing to all these other people, talking with them. Yeah. So that, so that he could say, mom, it's real. You're not imagining this. And I knew I wasn't imagining it, but I couldn't, I didn't want to hear it at that time at all. I didn't want any communication with him because I was like, you're not dead. There's no way that you're dead. I just saw you three days ago. Yeah. So for the human, this journey for me has really been about trying to meld the human and the spiritual together because I know what I know and because I am who I am. But the human aspect of me, this mother who now has lost her child, That brought me to the deepest, darkest part of my entire life, even past where my daughter, even though my daughter was very sick, I I always trusted that I had her at 40, 
I trusted that she was brought here for a reason. I knew that God wouldn't take her from me. So I had all this faith around that. I just knew that. And now I'm going through this shattering where my son, my perfectly healthy son, now has left. So we we talked about, um, I do past life regression. So we talked about, he came in and we did a past life regression, him and I together. And so we talked about how that past life that we had, uh, we were husband and wife and I died. Um, so we were able to talk about that. And I was able to understand our contract a little better, why he left when he left. Let's talk about contracts. I know that Wayne Dyer spoke a lot about how we come in and we already have, our soul already has these contracts of who we're going to be with, how this journey goes, how long we're here. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, so soul contracts are extensive plans. Sometimes they're very detailed. We make them when we're in spirit form with a bunch of other beings and family members that are in our soul group. Um, So it's not just for the benefit of Anthony and I, how he describes it in the book. He talks about the, the fact that he left and how he completed his contract in this lifetime is the benefit for all of humanity, what we're doing now, the bigger picture. He describes it almost as if it's like food you need to digest. He can't show me the whole picture at one time, but he gives me bits and pieces as I go along. Wow. So the contract really stipulates, and it's funny because as humans, we have free will. We're able to go about our life and make choices. Like when I work with clients, I explain to them, I can tell you're going to have chicken for dinner and you can go to dinner and have steak. That's your free will. That's the easiest way to explain to someone what free will is. So that free will, you have it, but things that are strictly contracted, I found, they are going to happen one way or another, and your soul is going to guide you or give you a harder lesson maybe if you don't listen, stuff like that. So I can tell you from my own experience, when I was introduced to Reiki and energy healing when my boys were very young, I was about 24, and I didn't have time. I had three boys under three years old, um, so I didn't have time to invest in, in Reiki. And Fast forward to when my daughter was born, now you're going to invest that time in Reiki. <laughs> and so when I was reading your bio, I saw you are a Reiki healer. What, what, what else in energy work do you do? So I, I was trained in Reiki, um, Yusui Reiki, Karuna Reiki, and Leitharian Reiki. I also do Theta healing. I do past life regression, um, hypnotherapy. Those are my biggest healing modalities that I do. And I'm also a medium, a mystic. I travel other dimensions. I leave my body a lot. It's actually very natural for me to leave my body. So how do you explain some of this to people that don't believe? Because there's people that that hear this and they're like, okay, what is the deal with this? I've talked to people like this before too. They're like, there's no way that this can be going on. And yet I have to tell you, as a therapist for 30 years, sitting in rooms Mm -hmm. with people there are so many stories of people saying they were visited by a loved one or that they themselves remembered a past life. And so all these people can't be crazy. They could be, but they're not. (laughs) Correct. I say one of Anthony's biggest messages in our book is that we are all intuitive. 
We are all one. We are all connected. When you think about somebody and they call you the next day, or you think something's going to happen and you're like, oh, don't think about that because that's, that's bad. Oh, I'm going to have a fight with my husband. And then you have a fight with your husband. So it's like one of those things that's the law of attraction. And we are all very intuitive. We all have this ability to have this, this sense about us. We, so I would just say, I can only share with you my experience. If people have not experienced this, something like this, but I can tell you most of my clients have had some sort of inkling that one of their loved ones was with them. They could either, they either would get goosebumps, they would get very cold, they would get a shiver down their spine. So we're all very intuitive. So when spirit comes in, they vibrate at such a high frequency. A lot of times they often are very cold. So that's one of your biggest clues that you're not crazy and there is somebody there. Or you may see like a spark out of the side of your peripheral vision. But that is also spirit coming in and you're catching a glimpse. And I've had clients say to me too, am I going crazy? I, you know, I've been seeing these lights and I'm like, no, you're not going crazy. You're awakening. So talk a little bit about for a while, one of the things that you talked about is having these dark attacks. Mm -hmm. Can you speak to that? Yeah, it was right away. It was very dark because I am very intuitive. I knew that it was not me speaking. I knew I loved my son immensely, but I knew that suicide would not bring me, number one, to where he was. And number two, there was no guarantee that through suicide that I would be with him. So I knew all these things because I did the work that I do. But the dark was very on me at that point. They wanted me to take my own life. It was, a, it was an opening for them to be able to come in and for me to take my own life. And I knew that was not me speaking. I could hear taunting and laughing and you can be with your son right now they promised me the world and i know that's the dark i also know by the way they feel they're very low vibrational beings so it feels icky when they come into your presence so i knew all of that stuff but at that point my grief was so low i was in such a state of i wasn't sleeping i wasn't eating so my whole nervous system shut down and i was not able really even to function so Anthony at that time would come in and help raise my frequency so that I could get up. I could fight this. And he asked me to ask for help from my soul sisters. We put a lot of protection around me. I was able to, I had nightmares every night about the dark pulling me into this pit of darkness. And they told me they were going to take me. And if they couldn't get to me, they would get to me through my husband or my daughter. So I knew I was fighting, like I came out fighting. I was like, there's no way that I'm going and there's no way that I'm going to take my own life. It would have wrecked my family. And Anthony told me at that time, I could hear him outside of my body. He's, you are not to follow me. The trajectory would be disastrous. You cannot follow me by any means, no matter what, mom, you cannot follow me. And I kept telling him, I can't fight this alone. I can't do this by myself. I had to really, I had him helping me raise my frequency. And I have my support here that helped me to keep a protection around me that I wasn't able to at that time. So then what happened? How does Anthony come to you <laughs> now and how has he continued to come to you over this time? He has shown me amazing ways that he's able to communicate. One example was when I was going through a dark phase, I was being attacked in my dream. They were squeezing my heart. 
and I couldn't breathe. And I was trying to wake up my husband to tell him I, something's going on in my heart. And all of our fire alarms in the house started going off. And so we thought there was a fire. We jump up. They were going off for five minutes. We checked the whole entire house. There was no fire in our house. And so I was passing out. I felt faint. And my husband said to me, you know, lay down. And so when I was able to lay down and, and get composure of myself, I said to Anthony, was that you? And he said, yes, I did that for to protect you. So that's just one of the ways that he came in. But he comes in now through, I can see him. My clairvoyance is not as strong, so my sight, my clairvision is not as strong, so I don't always see him. I have seen him, but I don't always see him. Many times I'll get a feeling that he's here. He works within my body, so I know what he feels like when he enters my body to raise my frequency. He'll enter my body, my body gets cold, and I start shaking, and he'll do that for maybe five minutes, and then he's gone, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> but he has shown me signs. He leaves dimes. I woke up one night to go to the restroom. I come back to bed. I lay in bed, and there's something cold on my back. And I turn over, turn the light on, and there's a dime laying under where my back is. <laughs> wow. wow. Just amazing spirit can work in many ways. And they, they are learning when they get there to work with all of this energy. They, they can't all work with all of it. So they all can't just come in blaring smoke alarms or letting you see them. But they can come in different ways, like leaving you money or feathers or things like that. So spirit works in many different ways. I know that for myself, a while ago, gosh, maybe 15 years ago, I had read a book, When God Speaks to You, mm -hmm. and it was about recognizing those signs. And at that time of my life, and several times since then, there's specific times in my life, and it just started actually happening again, where I just see, start seeing hearts everywhere. Mm. Like hearts that you would not even imagine, like out of dried seaweed when I was at the ocean, or a shell that's in the exact shape of a heart or I move my garbage can, and there in the dirt is this perfect heart stone that was never there before. And so I, I always think of that as you're on the right path. That's my higher guidance system saying, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Anthony leaves me hearts too. I found a heart in the bottom. I was eating beets one day out of the can, and at the bottom of the can with this tiny little heart in the shape of a beet in the shape of a heart. <laughs> So I took a picture. Yeah, I actually, I have a book now that I made of oh, nice. all my photographs because it's just, it's so remarkable. And you know, my boyfriend and I, we, we've talked so many times about when these things show up and there's no way you can make this stuff up. It's so frequent and so often. And so for you, what do you feel like, what is Anthony guiding you or what is he sharing with you right now that you feel is important to bring through? through this book for sure is that there is no death they shed their physical body but there he's not dead he's very much alive in the beginning i would say a lot of times i can't believe you're dead and he'd say stop saying that i'm not dead <laughs> so we have this little argument i said i can't believe you're not here in the physical with us so he mm. can't argue with that but his message through this book and, and the message he wants to share is hope there's always hope. My story, I hope, is an inspiration for others to see that through our darkest hour, we can get through. And I can tell you, I've met so many amazing women and some men that have had a child pass now, and they are all just so inspirational. There's stories that they share about how they 
are fighting through this darkness to get through to the other side, to be able to see the light. My journey has progressed very quickly, I think, and that's because I have this immense connection with Anthony. So my no means should be a guideline for somebody to say, it's only been a year, it's not even a year. I should be at this point or that point. As humans, we like to conceptualize that and put that, that mark on it. It's been a year, you should be over it. But by no means should you be over it. I don't think that you'll ever be over it. There's a piece of you. I say to my other sons, my, I have three sons, they are missing a piece of them. That we will never get back. Loss is loss. There's nothing that compensates for that loss. But through this book, I hope that it gives you hope and peace, knowing that you are able to communicate with your loved one. Beautiful. I'm, I'm wondering, how would someone start opening up to that? Let's say someone that's never experienced this and has lost a loved one. How can they start opening up that channel of communication or connection? Yeah, it's interesting because we are all different in our intuitive abilities. As I said, I'm very clairsentient, so I feel and I hear. I'm clairaudient. So I would work with a client on opening up their strongest ability first. So I can tell when I meet somebody if they're empathetic, I can feel. So they're a clairsentient being. So they are able to feel. So they would feel somebody come in. You just get that sense that somebody's here with you or you get a sense that, have you ever had the sense that there was somebody you didn't like, but you didn't know why you didn't like them, but there was just something about them that you didn't like. That is your empathy, your clairsentience kicking in. So I would say start to, number one is look at all the, the books and the videos you can about spirit, about near-death experiences, understanding how they transition and how they're able to communicate, and then going into yourself and learning to heal. Because I find that the more healing that I do, the more my abilities open. It's my belief that our heart space really holds that true connection to source. And the more we clear that heart space, we're able to open a whole new world for ourselves. So the work for people is to continue on their healing journey, opening up their hearts, whether that's- Clearing away some of that pain. It's not only pain from this life, but it is past life stuff as well. But if you have lost someone and someone is precious as a child of yours, and I don't care if your child is six or 67 or 27, that's still your child. I could say if I pass tomorrow, my parents are 71, they would be devastated. And I'm 50, a child is your child. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. So if we can clear away some of that heaviness, and that's why I put in the book, the map of consciousness from David Hawkins, because it shows where grief is on that map of consciousness, on that, 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 that chart, that grief is such a low vibrating frequency. And we want to be up at 500 or above joy, enlightenment, peace. When we live from our heart space, we see the world through different eyes. I can tell you that I have, for sure. Your support means the world to us. Hi, it's Dr. Natalie Phillips from Connecting a Better World. Everything we do here at NOCO FM is member-supported. From the music we play to our original podcasts and live shows, all of that costs money to produce, and we can't do it without you. Become a member today and invest in the programming you enjoy so we can create more together. Learn more at noco.fm. Listen to the stories the Black community is telling. 
hesitate to respond as you normally would, and really listen, it's time to amplify their voices and show up for them. Black Lives Matter. The opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of NoCo Media Limited, its employees, sponsors, or affiliates. did you feel like you stayed in that dark space? How long did it take you to transcend that? And I know everyone's healing journey is different and people experience grief very differently. Just in your personal experience, what was that like? It wasn't like one and done. The first couple of months I I suffered. So like the first four weeks before I had my first shift, and we talk about shifts in our business where you've shifted now, you've stepped out of that. But then they came back. For me, it was so difficult. I had a really difficult time as the human and as a spiritual being to understand both of these together now because he's not here in the physical and he's still speaking to me here. So I don't have that same relationship that I had with him when he was in the physical, but I have a new beautiful relationship with him. And he kept saying to me, don't focus on my loss, focus on my presence. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was like, I was in the dark, I was out of the dark, I was in the dark, I was out of the dark. It was like a process. And I think finally somewhere around four or five months is when I really started to feel that I was in a a good place. I was in a good place that I was able to see this as a gift. And that's probably about the time that I started writing the book is because it was very cathartic for me. He was very adamant. You need to write this book. He would yell at me, get up and write this book. It needs to be done. He directed me to the publisher, to the editor. I had never written a book. I don't know anything about it. He has a degree in communications and journalism, and he was a DJ for a while. So for him, it was very natural. (laughs) And he uses these big words when he talks like arduous or subjugated. And I have to go look up these words after I'm done channeling him because I'm like, I don't even know what those words mean. I need to know what I'm writing about. So you co-authored this book together. Yeah, I really say this is his book. It's his words. Because he's such a old soul. Have you heard the term old soul? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So. He was born an old soul, and so he has so much experience and knowledge within him that he's able to share through this book and many other books that we'll be writing together now. (laughs) What our world needs right now is that sense of hope. Yeah. And the sense that there's something more here than just what our physical experiences. Although this, I think it's wonderful and beautiful and we can really plug in and enjoy this plane. Mm -hmm. And yet there's something more so that we don't just start defining ourselves by our circumstances or by what's going on in the world right now. And I say the world is so much bigger than what you can just see in front of you. And I think people get caught up. We've become a society of bigger, faster, better. I'm very self-absorbed. And I think through COVID, We've been able to take that time, step it back a notch where we can be with family, not be running nine to five all day, not have our kids in daycare all day. So really step back into that place. And I think that's why many people are starting to awaken now because they have the time 
to sit back and to listen, read a book and understand. Well, and that, that's the exciting thing about this. No one would ever want something horrible like this to happen. And yet it's these times like you and I were just talking about a little bit earlier where it's almost like we're brought to our proverbial knees. And so as an entire world, humanity has experienced this all at once where we're brought to that place where in so many ways it's this forced <laughs> where we're inside. And so it's very metaphorical for truly going inside and people are able to access that. And maybe for the very first time, so many people are doing that work and yes. that we are in this age of awakening and expanded consciousness that when you're able to tap into that is really exciting. Yeah, I think it's a beautiful time. I was, people look at me crazy when I say I think it's a beautiful time, but I really do. I equate it to Anthony, and, and you go through this darkness to get to the light. He kept telling me, follow me through the darkness, Ma. I'll be your beacon of light. As we go through this darkness of what's going on in the world today, we are trying to get to that light source. And so he keeps reminding me to stay in the light. As much as I shine my light, I can shine it out for others to see. And they're like, oh, there's a light. Let me go towards that light and not so stay much in the dark. So what is the continued journey? How do you see this continued journey with you and Anthony? There's a lot coming down the pike. The biggest message I think that I received was that my daughter will also be, I'm training my daughter. And at this at, appropriate time, my daughter will unlock these light codes in her lifetime. So it's important that I continue my work. It's like that butterfly effect. If I had left, none of this would be able to be possible. And there wouldn't be so many people that we helped and they wouldn't be able to help so many people. So it's like that domino effect. So we are writing other books. He brought to me a world-renowned physicist, Dr. Sidney Brenner who passed in April of 2019, which I did not know any of this until I looked up Dr. Brenner. And because I do DNA work when I work with clients, I was like, I was blown away that this man had a Nobel Peace Prize for his work in DNA. And I was like, wow, holy cow. If we're to blow my mind, it has to be big. So I was like, so the next book we'll be writing about that DNA and unlocking those codes and how we have the ability in our bodies to heal ourselves. So my daughter is living proof that we have the ability to heal ourselves. And I, I know this is true. One of the just touch point experiences that literally just happened is my stepfather two years ago had half of his lung removed mm -hmm. and then a year ago had to have another lung surgery because that lung had adhered to the side of his chest. Wow. And since COVID and the lock-in, he does not have COVID, but he's got pneumonia like three different times very seriously. And so at 76 years old, literally last week, it was like he started failing. Mm. And for the first time in my experience and in my life with him, I got scared. Yeah. And I, I, I just sobbed and sobbed this one night. This is just a few nights ago feeling, I don't know how long he's going to be here. Mm -hmm. And I reached out to one of my really close girlfriends, Misa Hopkins, who's an internationally renowned healer and just beautiful soul on this earth. And so she started doing remote healing mm -hmm. for him. And yesterday he said, oh, I feel so much better. And then today I went and had coffee with them and it was like a miracle. It was like a 180. Beautiful. Oh. 
Oh, I, that brings tears to my eyes. And it makes me, yeah. yeah. It, it really helps you to see that it is possible. When we work that light through our body, and I always say, it's not me doing the work. Trust me, it's not me. It, it's spirit working through me. Yes. Um, Anthony comes into my sessions now and he helps me to do my work and help me to uplift my frequency so that I can do my work. But it's when spirit works through us, miracles can happen. There's living proof, you know, how beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I got on a call with her right before I did this interview with you. And I just, again, just sobbed just with just deep gratitude because she had sent a text this morning, you know, give your mom and pops my love and tell him I'm so happy to be part of joining with his spirit on this journey. And again, it is, it's, she knows it's, it's the divine spirit coming mm-hmm. through her that connects with him. And when he heard that, because I didn't tell him, I didn't tell him <laughs> that I was contacting her to do this healing. And so when I told him this morning, and I have huge chills right now, because he was just like, oh my God, because it does feel like a miracle. Yeah. It's like my old pops is back. How beautiful. Yeah. So I, I really resonate with this. And I, I think that this time more than ever, more people are actually open to hearing this message. Yes, I think so too. And I think that being that we are all so very intuitive, we've all had experiences. We may think we were crazy, but we've all had experiences where either we've had a premonition or we have felt something about somebody and usually we were right on. We were right on target. And you find out later that wasn't just you being you. It was like you are spot on about that person. So we all have that ability. It's just about accessing that ability. And as you said, and as we talked about, I think as people are willing to do that healing work and to go within and do the meditation where they can really connect with the divine, we start to really clear things out and through that healing. And people sometimes go, oh, the word channel. And yet that's what we're doing. We're channeling divine energy or spirit or healing through us so that as we heal, we become even better conductors of that we become the conduit absolutely and i i have people say to me how do you discern between a lower energy being and a higher energy being and and there's a feeling <laughs> when they come in how it feels if it feels yucky so it's we have to be very discerning when we are doing this work and calling in spirit before anthony passed i could tell you that my vibration my frequency was so high that the dark couldn't have touched me they couldn't have entered because i was a high frequency being But after he passed, because my grief was so low, they were able to get right in. And so I think that's an important message, too, for people to understand is you're not going crazy. You're not losing your mind is that there is these outside influences sometimes. We are very energetic beings. We pick up on energy from people at the store. You you can have energy attached to you from somebody you don't even know. (laughs) Well, and you think about it, think about our animals. I think about my dog, Jules, of course, we say, oh, they're instinctual. Or, but what they are also is they are reading that energy. And when I would bring Jules with me to my private practice, she would tune in on people's energy. And if someone came in and was really angry or really struggling with rage, she would go lay in the bathroom. Mm. You know, she doesn't, she can't, under, I, maybe she can understand English, I don't know. It's obviously, what, what is she picking up on? It's vibration. Yes, the energy. My dog would growl when the darker energy would come in. He, that, that instinctual growl that they have when there's something that shouldn't be there. Yeah. And he would be like, you know, and he's this little tiny thing, but he'd be like barking. And so I knew, even if I was not aware 
of what was going on. That is for sure a sign. Now we've heard about cats too. Cats are very aware and they can really see spirit and so they can, they'll look and make noise. And so I usually say our animals, you're spot on with that. They are very instinctual and they can help as well. So it's in us just opening up our ability, but like taking all of this off, like the woo-woo shelf and saying, and through all these, I love right now this blending how science and quantum physics and as people are able to access the quantum field, we start realizing, yeah, it is all energy yes. and we are all energy. So we don't have to be afraid of this. This doesn't have to be something that, like you said, it's crazy or it's whatever. It's, it's literally learning that how they used to put electrodes on someone's head to get their thought frequencies. Now they literally do it from six inches off their head. So what does that say? Obviously, we're energetic beings and we are transmitting these frequencies. And so that's going to become more and more common languaging. And then the beautiful gift is we realize just as you said earlier, that death isn't the end, that that energy continues. It does. And just knowing that brings you to peace, doesn't it? My grandparents lived well into their 90s, except for my one grandmother. So I never really experienced any sort of grief like this. My parents are still very much alive. So as we are, it is about that clearing and that healing that we as people need to do. And a lot of times it is those old conditioned beliefs from your religion, or in your childhood, how you, I was raised very strict Catholic. For them, it was always about, you can't mess with that, that you're bringing the devil and all this stuff. Until my parents really saw and understood what I did. They were then trying to understand how it is that you're able to send me energy. You're all the way two hours away from me. How can you send me energy and I can feel better? <laughs> But it is that clearing and healing. We need, as a humanity, we need to clear and heal all of those lifetimes of gook that are sitting within our, our cellular memory. Thank you so much for bringing this book through and looking forward to the DNA book and finding out more about that and just for being brave and sharing your journey and doing the beautiful work that you've done to bring this message through. Thank you so much. It was an honor to be here. I think one of the important points to what Terry Ann said was that there always is hope, even in our darkest hour. And if there's anything about this story that stands out to me, it's that kind of inspiration that even in our darkest moments, there can be breakthroughs, there can be cracks where the light is let in. There's a saying that what we resist persists. And it feels like if we're holding on to the angst of the situation, oh, and we say, I don't want this, I hate this in my life right now, where we're bringing our attention, quantum physics tells us it expands. So we don't want to bring our attention and energy to where we feel stuck. Instead, we want to focus on what we do want to bring into our lives. And this isn't looking at life through rose-colored glasses. It's actually focusing on what we want to see expand in our lives. So it's focusing on connection. It's focusing on feeling good, being in a state of gratitude for whatever we have in our lives. And so this is part of what really makes the difference. It's cultivating a mindset 
where we feel like, okay, I may not have control over things that are happening external to me, but I can really start mastering some control of my mindset and how I want to show up in this day. So the other thing I really heard in this is that life is precious and we are so lucky that we have the gift of this day. It's making the best out of this 24 hours. It's waking up and saying, what can I do this day that matters? How do I take care of myself? How do I connect with others? And how can I be creative and cultivate something meaningful in my life? Today is your day. Finding the meaning, connecting with loved ones, and knowing that no matter what's going on, there's always hope. Remember, The Spark is your show too. If you have questions, feedback on the show, or if you're going through something and need a little help, we'd love to hear from you. Continue the conversation with us at our website, thesparkpod.com, and on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. New episodes of The Spark air Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Mountain. To make sure you don't miss an episode, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts. The show is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional and should not be considered medical advice. If you're having a mental or physical health crisis, please seek treatment immediately. The Spark is produced by NOCO Media Limited, which is solely responsible for its content. Thanks again for listening. This has been The Spark, igniting your best life. I'm Stephanie James.
This has been a production of NOCO FM.